Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is the Anfield Wrap, the Anfield Wrap with you after the Merseyside Derby and the Manchester Derby and looking ahead to the Manchester City-Liverpool game. Uh, the Anfield Wrap is supported by Redsbet, which is tailor-made for Liverpool fans. Uh, Redsbet is an online ga- gaming platform which seeks to build strong, long-lasting partnerships with supporters that enable them to share 50% of net profits generated from bets to be used specifically for fan causes and other initiatives that matter. Uh, that is Redsbet. Uh, more on that towards the end of the show. But before then, we've got to talk about the Merseyside Derby. We are going to talk about the Manchester Derby. We don't normally do that but it does feel as though we were almost playing uh, and we are going to talk about this game that's coming up we'll start with though the Merseyside derby John and you were saying to me on Friday it's, it's one of your favourite occasions of the season and you were almost annoyed that it had been ever so slightly taken off us and I think that that was that was then the performance the manager post-match called it one of the most mature performances he said we didn't want to play a crazy derby it was a shame wasn't it because on some level you just quite like to watch a crazy derby yeah, yeah. There was no yellow cards was there at all, which is remarkable considering it's the it's the, the, the tie that's that's had the most red card cards out of any other in, 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 in the, since the Premier League started. I mean he was working hard to ensure that, that was the case. Yeah, yeah, to be that. fair, it was it was it was well, would you call it sensible referee and or not or not a lot of kind of other people decide. But I think yeah, there's people who could have gone in the book that he didn't, but you know, still it does it does kind of show something. I think I mean normally they haven't got any choice. Um and so I think yeah, and Everton I think we're just a little bit worried about getting battered, so they held back. And then the, you know, the, the flurry at the end was was a little bit too little, too late, wasn't it? If, if you're looking at it from an Everton point of view, I guess you're thinking, well, you know, are they are they on the uh, on you know the blue room? Are they are they going to be saying, could we have gone for it earlier? I would imagine that'll be that'll be kind of one of the discussion points really. So, but it was funny that last 15 minutes because obviously they they do have a bit of a flurry, and you can see the Liverpool lads looking around going, do we match them here or do we just kind of see what happens? And I think they went for the latter. They did go for the latter, Philippa, and it was perhaps a tiny little frustrate, bit frustrating. But the, the the flip side of that was the manager was quite clearly not subbing Ings or Solanke, and Ings and Ings and Solanke were both in different ways to a couple of the others. They looked short of match fitness. Nothing was sticking up there. We couldn't effectively get out in that last fifteen minutes. And earlier in the game, we'd lacked a fair bit of the quality, the attacking quality we've seen through the season. Yeah, I, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for Slanky and Ings because it seems to be the kind of being judged against players that are obviously far superior to them at the moment, but also, 
you know, when you're not playing week in, week out, it's really difficult to get any sort of momentum going. And, you know, we're asking them to come in to a patched up Liverpool side and and basically do something that, you know, they don't know how to do at the moment because, the, you know, they're, they're just not used to playing in this side. And, I mean... <sighs> My concern was we just weren't holding the ball up and I would have thought that would be something that Slanky would be quite good at. You know, when you look at his physical attributes, you know, that's the sort of thing that I would look from uh, from from him, you know. And I, I kind of feel like it just bounces off him a little bit too much and that, that can be a nerves thing. It can be just, uh, you know, he knows this is his opportunity and, you know, if he puts on a bit of a, a show, then, you know, he might get another opportunity come the latter stages again, City again. But I don't know. It just didn't seem to happen for either of them. Um, both work hard, both trying, but just nothing really coming off. And um, I, I was actually more impressed with Solanke against City, to be honest, on Wednesday. I thought he did a decent job when he came on, but yesterday, really disappointing, to be honest. I mean, the conditions were tough. It was yeah, really, yeah. really wet, and I think that's got to be kind of bearing in mind. I mean, normally you have to tell people, that, you know, watch it on the telly what the conditions are like, but you could see it. You know, the, when, when people go to the slide tackles, the water was kind of, you know, jumping up. It was almost kind of like, a you know, a comedy sketch, wasn't it? Sometimes, you know, it was like, you know, car, cartoon-style water kind of coming up from the surface. So it was, it was tough for them. I'd be interested to know where Solanke's played in terms of when he's when he's come up through the ranks because I he doesn't look to me that comfortable up there on his own and he doesn't look to me like I think he wants to drop deep, he wants to get hold of the ball. And I think once he's got it under control, I think he's a good player. The problem he's got is you don't get time in the Premier League to get it under control and then bring it down and then and then, and then kinda of look good really. His 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 first touch isn't quite short enough generally and, and people are kind of on to him and also I'm not sure he's exactly sure kind of what he should be doing in there. I think his I think his movements in the box is okay. I don't think it's that. I think it's just more kind of where he should be positioning himself on the pitch, for channels he should be running, kind of. I think I think once we can get it wide, he he, he sort of comes alive a little bit, and he and he does have the the the, the, the kind of the, the, a couple of chances actually, doesn't he? He's got yeah. the header as well, but but I think I don't know. He just I feel like he needs to go somewhere else, and we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but to almost to decide what kind of footballer he wants to be, and I think we, we're all kind of. A lot of people are putting that image on him based on kind of as Philip says his attributes or whatever, and I think what he wants to do in his head slightly different. And I think he almost kind of needs to decide, well, this or, or someone to tell him, this is what you're going to do, this is what I think you should be, and I'm going to play you kind of ten games and 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 prove it to you. And I don't think he'll ever be able to do that in Liverpool, unfortunately. Stuart, I I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's a good player. I think it's too soon for him now, and. Um, he needs to be in a situation where someone is going to be, for, for, for better or worse, stuck with him as the centre forward um, and he needs to run a games. Uh, and I just think, I think he needs, to, and when he comes into the team as well, you know, if, like, like yesterday, he's, coming in, he's not coming into our normal front, front line. He's not mm. coming into you know the first eleven, and he's not surrounded. You know, he's not got Salah on one side, and I know he did have Mane, but um, I don't know. It just feels it, it. It feels a bit harsh, I think, to to um, to judge him um, at the moment. I don't know. I, I feel I, I'm. I saw someone post something yesterday about surely Arigi would have been a better option actually, and I can't really argue with that. But I do think that. 
I see more in Solanke as a player than I did in Origi and I, I hope that next season I'd like him to go on loan I'd yeah. like him to I, I just think he needs to be the, the main centre forward for a, either a championship team or a, a lower half of the Premier League team um, and I just think he needs to get those, those minutes and that experience under his belt um, and my God, I've never seen a player more in need of a goal. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's just one of them. So I, I think, listen, I'd be, I'd be really, really annoyed if we went into next season with him as our number two striker. I'd like him to still be on Liverpool's books. I'd like him to go, go out and go on loan and get some experience. Um, I, I think there's a player Newcastle there. this morning. I th- I'd, I'd like, I'd like him to go under Rafa because I think Rafa would give him. Decent guidance, and you know Newcastle. You know they haven't got a, a decent striker. I don't think there. So I, I think he, you know, he'd get a decent number of games for them. And and we like Rafa, don't we? we so, but like I'm, not convinced he's a, I'm not convinced he's a striker, <laughs> and that's and we were saying, you know, he wants to go, go somewhere and play number nine. I'm not sure he wants to play number nine. I'm sure he, I think he might be a ten, and we don't play a ten. So I think he's he's in a bit obviously in a bit of trouble there. I feel I like someone know. needs to find out though, yeah, but not, yeah, yeah, not yeah, on our yeah. hooks. You know what I mean? Yeah, not, yeah. Not, no, totally. not, a, not on our watch. It needs to kind of happen somewhere else, either behind the scenes or he needs to get the experience and find out. Go, yeah. go and find himself. You know, <laughs> on, on Ings then. Uh, you know, so we, we, we may as well just do them both now, John. It was. I thought he looked. I thought he looked reasonably lively for an hour, and then, like I think most Liverpool players, for different reasons, he dropped off a bit of a cliff physically. He can't have very much match fitness at all, uh, certainly at that level. Um, but he was. I think he, there, was, there was a liveliness to him. Again, you're sort of wondering about wondering about the quality, and, and I didn't think it quite made a ton of sense to him pull, pulled out to the right. But then he's not, you know, he's, he's he's not the biggest of the idea of playing through the middle. I think he could have played through the middle. I think the problem is the sign he was was playing there, and I think it was probably more that really. It doesn't make sense necessarily to, to use Solanke wide. It might make sense to use him a bit deeper, but not necessarily wider. So I think he's there. So I was thinking. Um, you know, maybe when Firmino was coming on, he might he might hook Solanke and he might see see Ings go in the middle there or whatever. And I think I think Ings makes a little bit more sense in this team than than, than Solanke does at the moment because I think he, you could you could see how it, it'd work and how he'd work with the other lads who he, he wasn't necessarily given the chance to play with. But he he does just look short so much fitness and he writes and he hasn't been playing much football of any note recently um, because he, we can't play him in the other twenty threes because. He's needed. He's you know he's on the he's on the bench and and so he's he's not. He looks like someone who hasn't played a lot of football basically. But you know you could. I thought he was lively enough. It, it, he'll run and run. Only he's probably somewhere now running. You know he, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's just this kind of fella. He's a he's a workhorse. He's very willing runner and um, I think that it would save him well to lift his head more and see you know suss out the options around him. Um, but it felt. I think I said to you in the pub yesterday that. It felt very much like with those two, it felt like we were trying to force it through blunt force trauma, if you like. You know, it was that kind of thing. We didn't have the incisiveness. I felt like we were trying to peel a potato with a spoon. Um, that's a weird analogy, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> I meant to. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I can see what John says about he makes things makes more sense. You can see him doing a job with... You know what? With two of the other three I was about lads, to say, he looks him. to me like he looks. Ings to me, she looks a little bit like you'd. 
you'd fancy him with the better players. When you're talking about lift his head more, I think you know. For instance, if he knows he's lifting his head and he's seeing, uh, you know, he's, he's seeing Salah, he's seeing Firmino, he's seeing Mane, some combination of them. I think that that becomes a little bit more straightforward for him. Uh, I think, and I think also maybe if he's also a bit closer to the centre of the pitch as well. He, he then, you know, it's we all know right mid slash right wing is, is at times not a battle of laughs because you actually can't see much of the pitch. You, you know, you can see you can you, you've got quite a limited sort of sort of. P- degree vision if you know what I mean mm. so I do wonder if he, he's one of you arseholes of thinking well he could, he could he could benefit from the better players yeah I mean he was sacrificing himself for, for, for the team yesterday playing out out wide it is it is a, a difficult shift when you're not Mo Salah you know or, or uh, Sadio Mane it's, it's, he's got a different skill set and it, it didn't necessarily um it didn't really necessarily suit him, but he, you know, he's he is one of those players with that pace who can do a job there. Um, so, you know, conversely to to Solanke, he is someone that I'd be quite happy to see knocking about in the squad next season. Um, I'm quite happy to see him, you know, as a, an option off the bench for the rest of this season. Um, you know, back to the the, the whole idea of have, do we have someone of suitable quality to be, you know, um, behind Bobby Firmino? I think the answer is. Just the answer still no, um, but he makes more sense. Ings makes more sense than anybody else at this moment in time. Yeah, you kind of feel like with Ings that if he if he gets a run of games that he'll find his feet and he'll he'll be able to contribute a lot more. And that's I, I kind of feel like the the chance that Slanky had where he basically hit it straight at to Pickford. Uh, if that had been Ings, I think it'd have been in the back of the net. Um, but you've also got to be in those positions I think I think Slanky's good he gets in the right positions he's just he, I think this is where you kind of see Salah's um, don't know what you would say genius. about it yeah genius but like he just takes his time he just seems to know when to to take it early and when to take that extra touch and you know wait for the keeper to make a move or um, or the defenders even and, and there with Slanky I think he just snatched at it and you know, if it had took a little bit more time, I think it was a better chance than what he made of it. Um, maybe Ings would have done that. You know, maybe he'd have took an extra touch as well. He just seems a little bit more of a a natural finisher to me at the moment. Um, and if if I was to pick, if we need a goal on on Tuesday, you know, if I was to pick one of them to come on and make a bit of a difference, it'd probably be Ings over Slanky at the moment. The other thing that's interesting is last season, Philippa Mane plays right hand side. So he does all of his business and he's threatening, uh, not quite at most Salah levels, but he's he's constantly there and he's constantly a threat. This season, you know, we can now look back across the whole of his campaign playing off the left and point out that he has scored more goals this season than he did last, uh, and he's 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 played he's played very very well there. But it's interesting to me the manager is not tempted to move him in exactly the same way. It's interesting that when Alden plays as the deepest midfielder, the idea is lads, these are the roles that you're going to be playing yeah. between now and the end of the season, or in one Alden's case, a one-off possibly just on Tuesday. But it is this sort of no this is that's your position I need you to I need you to know your position not the idea of we're going to do just simply what's best right now for this game yeah he wants he wants the players to basically master their art in in the position or the role that he wants them to perform for us and um, I think he's right to be honest with Mane I I did have my doubts earlier on in the season because I felt like he was struggling Um, he didn't look like he he was quite comfortable out there but I think he's he's settled now and I I like the fact that both Mane and Salah can come in and basically shoot with their stronger foot, um, and the, you know they've both got a cracking shot on them. Um, and I think it suits us 
that they can come in and play a little bit more narrow and then the fullbacks who are also quite dangerous can can get out there and and get past you know the defense really is a is an overlapping run and I, I think it's something that maybe gets a little bit overlooked um that you know we've got these good players but they're also creating a lot of space for for the fullbacks to make a difference as well um you know they're not eating that you know they're not kind of playing in the same same place which you know sometimes I've found in the past that players are not fluid enough and you know they want to stay out wide and and not get in there and and cause another another body to be in the box essentially because you know in the past I've kind of felt like we've not had enough players in the box to take chances and I really feel like we, we've we're just so dangerous I, I don't I just can't see how we can't score against City to be honest on Tuesday and I, I, I hope I'm not like talking it in a bit there but um, I just I just think that we've just got this blend at the moment that just seems to work so well and everybody seems to know what they need to do and it's it's just really good to see I don't really I mean are we, are we, are we still going to talk about the derby I want to talk, I want to talk, about, I want to talk about Wijnaldum because I'm, we're talking about Wijnaldum with one eye on obviously on Tuesday people were raving about his performance and I think he's I, I I thought he played well, Stu. My minor concern is there's a couple of times he's turning away from Rooney or Schneidlin or even Tom Davis, and he's nearly getting caught. And when he gets away from him, he looks fabulous because he's just turned away from two Evertonians and he's made them look daft. My point is he's not going to be turning away from from especially Rooney, frankly, who I thought was 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 about as abject as I've seen a centre midfielder in a derby uh, going years years. Um, he's going to be going to Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva possibly Fernandinho or someone else Ricky Sterling possibly snapping at his ankles so but also there you know the other flip side of that is the pitch was horrible and I think that that was influencing how Liverpool's midfielders were able to play as well but you know I, I think he shows enough doesn't he to make you think oh, yeah. he can do this on Tuesday night he can do this yeah it feels like the right move um, I think up until seeing that yesterday I'd wrongly assumed that it would be Milner who would play the six and that terrified me I mean I think James Miller's doing really well at the moment I think he's more of a second half player to be honest I feel like he, t- he, he takes a bit of time to feel his way into a game but the, you know his lack of it feels harsh to say lack of mobility but you know what I mean it, do, it doesn't seem like he's the most nimble of fellas on the turn but then I suppose you see him dancing down the wing almost and, and putting a cross in but it just doesn't feel I wouldn't feel secure but Genie on the other hand you know, seeing that yesterday and then recalling when he has done that, you know, it's not the first time he's done that for Liverpool. There have been uh, the other occasion where, where Klopp's tried him there and it has been positive and it, it does feel like we'll be able to recycle possession much better with, with him there. It does feel that um, he has... Um, the ability to get himself out of tight corners, which I think he'll be in at times. I think they'll be pressing him. I think, you know, he'll be finding it quite tough. Um, and he does seem to have uh, he does demonstrate the game intelligence and the, and the awareness to be able to to dictate the game from there as much as he's going to be able to you know away from home at City um, I suppose that the question is really you know how much what what genie will we get on Tuesday will we get uh, a player who can do all those things but also the genie that we've seen that is extremely strong and robust in a tackle will roll his sleeves up and, and relish the fight or will we see the genie that has sometimes been an empty shirt um, but I I certainly feel a lot more optimistic having seen that tactical shift yesterday um, and with him playing there I think yeah yeah, I mean, he, he did everything yesterday that I'd, I'd, I'd wanted to see him to do yeah he did well I thought on the ball he was excellent and I thought 
yeah, they, we've had a little look at him there in, in pre-season and I remember and I remember not being being sure that it worked, but I thought, you know, albeit with all the caveats that Neil said about about Everton's poorly midfield, let's be honest with you, until until just a gay came on. Uh, with all that sort of caveats, I think I think he did I think he did well. I think off the ball he's gonna need a lot of help. Yeah. But I think you know, I think Ian Klopp knows that. I think James Milner and Oxley Chamberlain know that, that that I think that's where you worry about him really is that, you know, they're attacking midfielders, finding pockets of space and how intelligent the movement is and you know, it's hard for any defensive midfielder that, you know, even more so for someone who's who's not used to playing there. So he is gonna need support in this game and it wouldn't surprise me if you see if you see in you know, Milner and Oxley Chamberlain sort of a you know really close to him. Really close to him, yeah, a lot closer than than, than kind of what we're used to. I, I do you know what I, I actually think maybe counts intuitively that this actually might help him. Um, this switch of position for this game because um, I think I think that in the midfield three, I think the two ahead of the six can sometimes get lost. I think that I think the um, the position itself, without real clarity from the coach, which I think I think Klopp gives to be fair, but it, I think it, it can confuse the players. I think we saw that uh, for the, for the time when Gerard was playing um, not in the six when he was playing in well in the eight if you like. Um, under Rogers before he, he he moved back into the six and <clears throat> I think um, for I think, Gini, just, I think it's been the case since years also I think you know the number of times you'd look at a Chelsea midfield <clears throat> under Mourinho going to 2004 and everyone would say McAuley's been outstanding and you'd say if it was good Johnson or Lampard they get your attention breaking into the box making it happen and you'd sort of go well I don't know what Thiago's doing do you know what I mean? And that's I think that and you know, he's doing loads, and, and he can be doing loads, but it just yeah. doesn't look like you haven't got a, a yeah. defined. This is my job sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas if you are just if your job becomes no, I, I'm just here. That it's easier, I think, to to, to feel as that to get in and feel part of the game. Whereas I think it can be a bit harder at times if you are sort of well. I need to do a bit of this to help them, and I need to do a fair bit of this to help him. But I've I've got to, I've got to shift between the two. If it's just no, this is this 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 is my list of things to do. If you know what I mean, I'm just going to tick them off one at a time. Definitely, and I, and I think that that could be where it, it helps him um, he's, he's going to have a very very clear remit for one game this is my job thou shall not pass this is my job okay and this is all my job is you guys can go and get on with the rest of the, st- the stuff you go and take care of that but this is my job and I don't think it's always that clear for him when he's playing you know in, a, in an eighth position rather than a, as a six so um, yeah it could I'm, I'm, I'm certainly feeling a lot more. I can, I can feel myself, get, you know, convincing myself now as the days go by, um, as we get closer to Tuesday, that this could work. And Milner has another really good game as well, which helps as well when you're thinking about the midfield in general. I thought, um, I think this time a couple of weeks ago, I was a little bit unsure about about Milner in terms of his, you know, his form. But I think he's obviously excellent against Man City, then brilliant again against Everton. And in normal circumstances, you wouldn't have took him off any stretch of the imagination, would you? He was probably the best player on the pitch, but he's he's decided his subs before the game. I think and, and that's what that but I thought you know Milner in such good form as well just just makes you know you feel like well you know you can you know you could not take risks elsewhere but you can have a few kind of question marks elsewhere because you know he's gonna he's gonna be brilliant on Tuesday um, Philip had the other one uh, to talk about I think is Nathaniel Klein uh, before we talk about the goalkeeper's excellent save Nathaniel Klein it was just dropped back in there again under the awareness that he's going to be asked to do the 90 minutes, I suspect. I think he probably knows. There's no sub for me in this one. There's other lads who are getting subbed before I'm getting subbed. Uh, so managed his performance very, very well. Uh, and I thought he was, you know, insofar as he can, he just sort of looked looked like he hadn't been away. I was really impressed with him, actually. And I think he showed kind of 
a little bit of what we've been missing and I've been very impressed with both Gomez and Trent for large portions of this season and I think the fact that we haven't really spoken about Klein being missing for the season it's it's kind of shown what a good job that they've done but what Klein gives you is that 7 out of 10 every week <coughs> it's very rare that he um, drops below that and I think I was I was obviously aware of the fact that it was his first competitive game back yesterday and that you know there was a chance that he'd be below that level but I, I thought he was just solid um, he just didn't put a foot wrong for me and he, he just looked like he'd never been away really um, and to be honest if I don't think he will I think he'll play Trent again on Tuesday but I think if he was to play Klein I wouldn't really have any major concerns about it either I'd, ag- I'd agree with that in terms of I just think it's a shame that it's Tuesday I think if it was a, a, you know another day or two between the, the fixtures I'd be very tempted to play Nathaniel Klein just that experience that he brings that know-how um, Trent did great the other night and I've said on previous shows we're asking an awful lot of this young lad and he's, he's living yeah. up to it fair play to him but I think um, you know I think that the, the you know, there's a part of me that does want to just put an arm around him and protect him a little bit. And this is a huge, huge um, game with huge pressures. Um, and if you know, as I say, if if Klein was a bit fitter, I, it would certainly be coming into my thought process of it might not be a bad idea to bring him back in. But in the but in the circumstances where he's he's just done ninety, and you know the next game is three days later, then um, I, I think I, I, I just can't. I, I don't think it'll happen. I just can't see it at all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. I think, but you know, it, it is worth worth repeating how sort of comfortable he looked and how you know you'd if you'd imagine he'd been out for weeks, not months, mm. in terms of how how well he played. And I think you know, obviously Trent is a little bit more dangerous around the box in terms of his his delivery. But that said, that you know, that I think we were all playing on it within ourselves a little bit. But you know, you know, Klein just. You know he is he is someone who you know what you're going to get from, and I think I think you know he's going to be a useful player for us between now and the end of the season. And it is good to have another one because obviously there's injury concerns elsewhere, and there's you know <laughs> Clavin playing left back, which which I didn't think worked at all from you know in terms of moving us up, getting you know allowing us to yeah. move up the pitch. I thought Clavin was really willing; he was trying his best, but it did you, you could you could really see yeah. the extent that, that how. How hard it is actually to play fullback in this team? That you know, yeah. we, we've watched Liverpool teams in the past where you can move centre halves to fullback and just yeah. go. Oh, it'll broadly speaking, be, be be relatively similar. He might just not quite have a decent ball on him every now and again. There you could see, and I thought second half, first fifteen minutes, Johnny was having a bit of a go, Clav, and like he's been told, listen, just do more of this and don't worry yeah. about it quite so much. But then it really was like it, it. It was what what on earth am I meant to do now? Yeah, he was he was. He was releasing. He was trying to release the ball as quickly as he could. Basically, whenever he got it, he was like, "All right, I'll take a touch and I'll pass it." And that doesn't sound like a problem, but a lot of times he was giving it straight back to the person who, who mm. got it. And we were trying to play ourselves out of slightly difficult situations. And you know, you could see like you know, when Aldam or whatever or Henderson looking around him and thinking, "Oh, put the helmet," you know what I mean? I could, you know, I'd give it to you because this fella's harassing me, and now you just give it straight back to me, and he's still there. And so you know, there was a, there was kind of a little bit of that really. And so you know, you feel sorry for him because he wasn't doing anything wrong as such. But in a case of an Andy Robertson, who'd who'd you know, his first touch would be out of his feet, and then his second would be, would be moving down the line, and then you find another midfielder who was higher up the pitch, and then we'd be and, he, and, he, and he's got you 30 yards. Yeah, exactly. We were, we, we, we were Clavin, it was just kind of, oh, take, 
you know, take a touch and give it to a red shirt. Any red shirt. doesn't matter if it's the red shirt he's just passed it to me or it's a red shirt he's marked by someone else who's just kind of anything. And, and also, you know, I'm not going to move at all with the ball. And I think, <laughs> um, and this sounds like I'm being really harsh and I'm not, he was fine. But I It's think just like, not his game, is yeah, it? You know, yeah, that's yeah. not his role. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's just one of them. But, but the thing is, from the way I looked at it, it was just mission accomplished, you know, minutes in his legs. And he's going to be a very important player in the circumstances for now, I think, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Whereas he is our only alternative. Well, I think that's half. why he picks so, Clavin over. Murray, you know, yeah. I think he thinks I might need Clavin for a bit on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whatever it is, Tuesday, yeah. and I think he thinks that you know, I think Robertson will be fine, and I think I think that the Robertson thing is just a precaution, or they're just it's just resting him or whatever. So I think he'll he'll play Tuesday, and I think he's thinking that Clavin, I might need him, so I'll get some minutes in his legs, as you said. And I think from from that point of view, it was uh, as you say, mission accomplished. You might also see some three at the back, as much as I don't like it between now and the end of the season as well. So the idea of you know if he's got a chop and change, if we do go, I thought we started City, three at the back. We did start a little, th- we started a little bit lopsided, and it was actually dissimilar to the way City set up against us. I thought I thought we were a little bit lopsided, and. Then he, it was because yeah. there was loads and loads of basically Milner. Can you do four jobs? Um, <laughs> Which he was fine with. Yeah, he was absolutely fine with. Uh, I think he might he might well have swept the floor of the dressing room when he got <laughs> off uh, at the end. Uh, what's up with the goalkeeper? It's a magnificent save, um, Stu. It looked wide all the way to me. Uh, like it was only when I saw it back on the replay in the ground, I was like, uh, "By the way, their scoreboard is mental." But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, it was only when I saw it back uh, on the scoreboard in the ground, you realise he's got a hand to it. And as I say, when it left his foot all the way, I was thinking, "Oh, that's just going to." fade wide it wasn't it was quite the opposite it's it's the save that retains the point if you know what I mean I think we probably would have found it hard to get an equaliser their tails would have been up they would have deserved that goal brilliant save it's the kind of save that if he doesn't make it no one's got a problem with the fact that the fella's just stuck it in the top corner do you know what I mean and, and they're the saves that matter and they're the saves that, that weren't happening for him for one reason or another when he first got his run in the team and um, we just it, it seemed like to go it'd be so long before we actually got him we, we saw him have an opportunity to make a save I don't know if it was just the, the, the nature of the way we were playing at the time and, and anything that did go at him tended to go in so he's he's now looks a very very different proposition as a goalkeeper I think there's still I think rightly people are still asking questions or oh, would you would you still would you uh, get another one in in the summer um, but I think that now that is becoming more of a question rather than just a, a straightforward you know logical um, plan that needs to happen so I think he looks more and more the part. He looks assured. He looks comfortable in in having a go with the defenders. The save is absolutely unreal. But it's I'm also really pleased with how much he's coming for and claiming. Yeah. And he's doing that at crucial moments. I mean, against City the other night as well, and and yesterday, you know, deep into the game when you want him to just take the sting out of it, he's coming for a cross in a difficult situation at doing it. Comfortably, confidently, competently, um, and that is a real calm and presence for everyone around him. Um, people have spoken about how Van Dijk has come in, and that has had an impact on Carriers because it's calmed him down. Um, and I think that's that's right. But I also think that defence is looking calmer, not just because of Van Dijk now, but because they've got a more assured goalkeeper who. Seems to be uh, seems to be more relaxed. Seems to believe in himself, and he seems to be making more and more of the right decisions. They all seem to trust one another for me, and I think I think what I've noticed more, and I, I, you don't notice it the same when you're not at the game, and I wasn't there yesterday, but um, at Anfield on Wednesday, he just seems to make the right decisions. So when he's got the ball, and like 
I've got people around me screaming for him to play it dead quick. If there's nothing on that's dead obvious, he's keeping hold of it and he's going, no, do you know what? We're three nil ups. No one needs to take a risk here. Um, you know, he's playing it long when he needs to. He's, he's, he just seems to be playing smart to me. And it's, I think that's something that you never really got the impression under Mignolet that, you know, that he, he was able to do that. You know, he was able to like look at what was happening in the game and to make a... A decision based on that and I've been really impressed with him and that save yesterday I, I thought it was in all the way to be honest watching it on the telly and I, I didn't even know how he got to it to be honest but um, I mean he gets to it because he anticipates it and I yeah. think that's where it points out as well um, like Stu says if he, if, he, if he doesn't move early and it goes in you're thinking well how is he going to get to that he gets yeah. to it because he anticipates what Balassi's going to do and he's moving already and it's a real positive piece of goalkeeping and that's what's been nice about watching Carrius recently is just how positive he is kind of all the time really and sometimes look you can get caught out you know he can get deflected the other way and you've you know people say always oh, move too soon or whatever or or you know he could he could shimmy and then, then gone somewhere else I don't know but but he's 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 thought he's going to kill this and he's right on his, his toes he's way he's moving already and that allows him to get across and kind of makes the save and as I say it's positive goalkeeping and it's and they're all defending as a unit in, in a positive way and when Carriers comes forward and you just think well he'll catch this yeah. and, that, and, that's, and that's great isn't it because mm. we didn't we didn't used to think that through through a range of goalkeepers if, if we're honest with you um, so it's it's really nice to, to see but I just think they're just supporting each other more in every way mm. and I think that you know um how much Van Dyke's talking is good, but it's not just talking for talking's sake, um, which is what I used to do in Five Aside, and everyone's just like, oh, shut up, him. you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's support. Are you very encouraging, John? <laughs> <laughs> you very much want people to fight. I know, I do. The, the yeah. two things I'd take, you're very encouraging and you want people to fight, and yeah. I think that they're two strong principles, mate. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say Van Dyke probably shares them, and I'm not saying he's, you know, he's took that from my Five Aside game, but, um, but, he, but, but, he, but he's, he's not afraid to... To, to, to tell people if they've done something wrong but he's also not afraid to, to tell people when they've done something right and that used to do me I didn't you never see that you know you'd, you'd, you'd never see our players go go that's a really good tackle that well yeah. you know pass on the back kind of thing you know they just sort of always just seem to get on with it and and I think I think they want to work for each other now and and, and you know whoever it is who's coming in and out I think the it's it's just defending and they're enjoying defending and it's not a big deal feels like a unit doesn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. I think the communication you mentioned there from Van Dijk I think has has bonded that a bit more and I also think I look at it and think well you've got a bunch of fellas here and I include the goalie in this who are they, A they know what they're supposed to be doing but B they they are encouraged and asked to be the footballers that they want to be and let me explain that with Mignolet in goal we were asking Simon Mignolet to do all kinds of things that when his natural game as a goalkeeper, he he's not a um, you know a, a someone who's he was great with his feet. He's not necessarily he's more of a line goalie, isn't he? He's more he's more in. in I, f- I feel terrible saying this now, but uh, in keeping with the style of uh, David De Gea, is very much a line goalie. Simon yeah. Mignolet is, but he's just obviously nowhere near that as good as De Gea. Um, we needed someone who was who was going to be more on the front foot. We needed someone who was going to dominate his area. Who was going to sweep, be good with his. Feet feet, uh, quick distribution, all these things, and they weren't the skill set that that you know Simon Mignolet had. You know, if we had, if we brought his champ, his fussy manager stats, you know, they wouldn't be the things that would be jumping out there, uh, you know, off the off the page to you. So, um, I, th- I think now we've got a goalkeeper who we are in 
whether whether he ends up being the long term goalkeeper or or not, so I think the jury is probably still out. But the thing is, we are asking him to to be lowest carries. We're, we're asking him to be, um, you know, the best of himself. We want him to be more carries. You know what I mean? And we were asking Mignolet to be more carries before, and that doesn't make sense. Uh, all right. Um, last little uh, couple of little bits on it is the general state of Everton, uh, which I think is. is is worthy of dwelling on to some extent, uh, John. Um, they've got to sack him. I mean, let's be dead honest about this. If they don't sack him, I mean, you know, I was enjoying singing Allardyce must stay, but they've absolutely got to get rid of him. It's so strange to watch them, to just watch them not engage for long, long, large periods of the game. They're, they're, a, they're a bit of a shell at the minute, the Blues. Yeah, and they deserve more, don't they? Jokes aside, you know, we all, we all like kind of making fun we of them because it's, it's, it's local rivals, but they do deserve more and they deserve. Um, to have a manager who they can believe in and, and there just seems to be a lack of belief there at the football club at the moment that, that they're going to be able to have a, a fun day and have a, and, and achieve something that's slightly out the ordinary you know he's done a reasonable job Sam Allardyce in terms of the points per game and, he, and he's you know he's, he's, he's happy to point that out himself he doesn't need me to do it um, you know he'll, he'll tell you about, all about you know where they were when he took over and, and, and taking credit for, for for, for David Unsworth's last, last game in charge and all that, which is which is quite good fun um, to kind of watch. But I think you know, in terms of in terms of the results, he's you know he's been able to grind out wins at home against teams he should beat. And but it's so joyless and it's so kind of bereft of ambition or bereft of kind of how this moves forward. And and I think that's the problem, isn't it? Is that, that Everton. If, if he's in charge next season the Everton and Evertonians know exactly what they're going to get and that's no fun you know we, you want to dare to dream as football fans and, and you know he's just you know he's just he's, he's, a, he's a fog on is he <laughs> while someone's trying to trying to, trying to sleep and it's, 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 it's no fun for them so you know I hope for their cases as a club that they, that they go out there and they get a manager that Never know Goodison is quiet. Yeah, did they go and get excited? Yeah, but that was you know that was kind of half twelve as well. Yeah, all that that's part, part of the issues around about when the game was. But but yeah, it's 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 just no fun for them at the moment, and it should be fun for any football fan, even them. You you you'd have to jibby, wouldn't you? Uh, you'd seriously contemplate it. I remember when when, um, when Julio um, was in his last few months, and there was all the talk that it was a done deal with, with Martin O'Neill. That was right, wasn't it? And I remember thinking at the time, then I can't be arsed with this. I, I, you know, this is not. This is going to be hard. This is going to be hard to stay committed. You know, I'm feeling good about uh, my life as a Liverpool fan if this happens. Um, and you know, we we saw we, we we lived that through Hodgson later on. You know, a few years later, and um, it's it's a. It's an awful time when you've got a manager like that and he, sta- he stands as the polar opposite of everything you want your club to stand for um, and what you want humanity to stand for. I'm not joking here, he's just a horrible, horrible human being. Um, and normally, you know, I'm fine with Everton having a horrible, horrible human being as their manager as long as he's crap. And all, all the stars really should align in this case because, you know, they don't, we don't like him, they don't like him. Not sure family like him and he's crap but there's still it's just so bad you do feel this 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 empathy for them you do you can't help but feel sympathetic for them um yeah i can't it's, it's not a sustainable situation surely to god it's mad how he was england manager oh <laughs> he said that would have been a laugh 100% if he'd have that win position. record <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously like live with a blue, and it's it's been really tough this season, I have to say. And you know, he was on about jibbing it as you've just mentioned there, Stu, and at the last second has decided to get his season ticket again. And you feel like having a sabbatical at least, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did say that to him. He said, you know, I could just take a year out, just go to the odd game, and you know that I want to go to. But you know, when you've been going for like 25, 26 years, you know, and you've missed you know two games out of the, all of those years and then you you basically jibbing it because you've got a manager in charge you don't believe in they spent a ton of money on players that are just not good enough basically you know they, they're all at an age where you can't see them improving either so you just look at that and you think how many bad decisions can you make on the bounce and this is what he keeps saying to me you know they just seems to be making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision he said and where does that stop because it's the men in charge that are doing it. It's your Bill Kemright, it's your Mashiri, and you know they just keep making them time after time. And I don't know, it, it must be really difficult. I mean, it must really gall them that we get nights like Wednesday night, and they know that they're never going to get that at the moment. I, I still cling to though, but one day. Uh... I would like to see Everton go down one day. I just, I, it almost like it feels like a, a bucket list thing, you know what I mean? I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to just take it off. You know, we nearly got there in the, with the 3 2 Wimbledon thing three years ago, and I'll never forget that. But um, I just, it just feels like it's become tantalisingly close, you know, on, on a few occasions, but we've never quite seen it through. And I would like it to happen, but I've got to be honest, I wouldn't like to see it happen like this. I wouldn't no. like them to to go down under this fella, you know, with this kind of manager. I, I would, I'd have been more, you know, aligned to them, you know, with glorious failure with with Mike Walker or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, at least it, he was trying to play footy in a, in a, some kind of suicide. David Unsworth way. would have been joyous. Oh, that would have been that would have been great, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd have loved that. Um, but he's he's even managed to to suck the fun out of Everton being crap. For me, you know what I mean? So. And that's that's quite the way to phrase it. That's how I <laughs> managed to suck the fun out of Everton being crap for us. Um, moving forward, then, we all watched the Manchester Derby, Philippa, and we all watched it. <clears throat> Probably wanting it to be a very, very intense affair. It undoubtedly was a very, very intense affair. You'd like to think that that suits us. I thought City looked leggy uh, for portions of the game. I think they looked like it was it was all a little bit difficult for them. But that said, they still actually managed to walk away from that, having played really rather well. Yeah, I, I have to say at half-time, I was thinking, God, we really don't need them to win this comfortably and get the confidence and, you know, to go into the game on Tuesday. And I, I honestly thought that... that United couldn't be bothered to be honest in that first half it just looked to me like they just weren't that into it they, you know they just thought whatever you know they're going to win it anyway so why do we bother and I was absolutely elated um, that they got back into the game and then tackles started flying in and it just turned into this match where they were all just squaring up to one another and it was kind of the thing that you hoped our match wouldn't be and it didn't end up being and you wanted theirs to be like that and it, like I say at half time I didn't think it was going to happen but I think that made it more joyous that the second half ended up being that way because you just couldn't see it happening um, and conceding six goals that isn't going to be good for your confidence when you know that you've got to basically keep us out if we score one, they've got to score five. And don't get me wrong, the capable of doing it. I think that they've they've got the attacking players there. We all know what they're capable well, of they've doing. They've literally done it as well. They've scored five past us, haven't they? So yeah. Um, you know, you know that they are capable, but you know they've got to have doubts going into that game that they're able to turn it turn it around. And, and that we want 
the defensive doubts as well because that obviously affects how they attack and they'll have been thinking um, you know Thursday and Friday oh we'll go out we'll you know all guns blazing get a goal get a second before half time kind of who knows from that and then now they must be suddenly thinking you know, they're looking back and thinking, well, can we be throwing men forward? Because they'll just they'll just pick us off because, you know, we've got, you know, as, as much attacking talent as Man United, if not more. And it was so easy at times, yeah. wasn't it? You know, lads absolutely open. I can't believe how open Smalling is. You're like, you know, how, how, how does this happen? Almost really, isn't it? And, you know, that, that must... That must really hurt them, and I think they did look tired, as Neil says. But I think it's what it does mentally as much as physically that game that that will hopefully work in our favour. I, I decided before the match, put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I, I decided before the match that the one result that I didn't want, the worst possible one, was actually United to win. Now I've decided I was wrong about that. Um, I, 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 let me explain it first because I thought if 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 United win. Then City have lost two games back to back and they are going to be all guns blazing against us. I think it's going to harden them. Whereas if they'd have won and they won the league, I'm thinking it's softened them a little bit. You know what I mean? It's, it, inevitably it will do, it will soften them a little bit. However, I think the, the manner in which, what I wasn't counting on is the manner in which they lost that yesterday. To be 2 0 up and then concede three in that manner, all it's going to do is sow the seeds of doubt the seeds are everywhere they're absolutely everywhere all over that team who's playing centre half if you're damaged you play at centre half uh, genuinely because company's meant to be the, the one who comes in and calms everything down and boxes it off two things on that one we conceded three and secondly company's head last 15 minutes was absolutely <laughs> yeah. all over the place and I'm, he's I'm, not back stones the last few weeks he plays the port left back Otamendi's been his week in week out selection but you almost feel like Otamendi's ended up being his week in week out selection by default as yeah. much as anything else I mean I'm genuinely if I was them I'm going into this game going we don't know who we, who we play at, at centre half here but I, I know who I wouldn't play and that would be Otamendi I think what we've seen of him in the last couple of games, and that might seem like a big move. Uh, it would you know, be huge, I think. You know, but, but I think it, it, we're all human, and the way he is, he is reverted to type in the last couple of games. On, in those pressurised situations, he's tried to act the hard man, and he's he's shown tactical and positional indiscipline at times. Um, and yeah, it just it doesn't uh, that doesn't. We spoke about our defence feeling like more of a unit now. That doesn't that doesn't feel like a unit at all. In fact particularly when you throw Kyle Walker into the mix as well, who is a really, really good player, but he doesn't feel like he's part of that defence. It almost feels like he's a bolt-on. He feels, do you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't feel like like um, they move as one. It doesn't feel like uh, he is taking direction or instruction from, from company. Now, I know, I know he, he didn't play yesterday, but... Can you see what I mean by that? It's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, the oddness of the shape and the approach and Philippa, you know, on that. The other one on there as well is, you know, it's Tuesday talking about the, the team set up. The other thing that occurred to me when I was when I was watching it was, honestly, there'd be lads trying to have Henderson shot in the street if Pogba was was mooching through our midfield and no one's picking the runner up like that. Absolutely, no, no one goes with him twice, and it, made, it was making me think. God, I'm glad we've given Oxley Chamberlain a rest. Yeah, because, exactly. You, I, Fernandinho for me and. I've got a mate who's a City fan and he slaughters him all the time and I've never really understood it but I think in these last two games you've seen why he's not good defensively he really is and he's I think he's good at turning over possession so he starts things off quite well but I don't think he he really is switched on defensively at all and I think he leaves them wide open um, where we're talking about the defence being a unit as well I think Edison's part of that as well 
you know, where we're seeing carries starting to make these like match defining saves. I can't remember the last time Edison did, to be honest. And you know, for for every goal, you you're looking and you go, he's not getting anywhere near anything. Um, it's all right being good with your feet and you know being able to pass the ball out, but even when we've put him under pressure at Anfield in the last two games, he's looked decidedly shaky to me. And I think I think we can really get at them. I really do. I wouldn't throw men forward at it. I, I wouldn't go gung ho. But what I would do is I would literally say to um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, you're the link between midfield and the attack. And I would say to Salamane and Firmino, when we get the ball, you just go and put them under pressure. You you just get up there and, and just do your thing and leave everybody else to just look after the other stuff. Do you think, he, do you think Guardiola's got, a, got a, a mad move in him? Do you think he's got something that he can um, pull out the bag here, like, you know, break glass, release Yaya? Is, is there something like that, you know what I mean, that he could do that'll totally surprise us in the, when the lineup drops on Tuesday night? I'm not sure, because I think he's put so much into when he's talked about belief and, and how, you know, or if he did something unusual, people would look at me and go, well, he's lost faith in kind of what we're doing. I'm not sure. I think he's got to go with 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 where he where he's at, and that includes with John Stones. Really, I don't think it's fair to suddenly now throw John Stones back in when he's when he's more or less bombed him. And I think so. I think that that probably means that it's going to be Ottomendi and company again, and he's just got to you know hope that he. He perform better because I think he might be wishing that he, that he had persisted with Stones and I know it's been fairly chop change but I think he's you know this he looks kind of third choice now Stones doesn't he and I think he, he's probably wishing that he that he that he'd stuck with him and 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 just you know whether whether the the, the, the kind of minor storm that, that that was his form I mean look but. You know, we can, we can, we can. You know, we're in danger of talking like the, the you know, the rubbish now, aren't we? No, and, no, no. And I think, I think that first half, they were tearing them absolutely apart, yeah. weren't they? And yeah. it was, and I, I was wondering about the, the application of the Man United players at times, but still, you know, how easy they, they were finding it to, to, to carve them open and go through. And you know, if Sterling had had the shooting boots on, then you know, we could have been out of sight before half time. And that's that is what worries you is that you know you can take a game away from you in twenty minutes. Yeah. And and I think if the you know the they'll be they'll they'll be feeling down today and they'll be feeling sorry for themselves today, I'm sure, but by Monday, you know, I'm sure they haven't got where they have in, in football without being but, wanting to put it right and wanting to think, you know, we owe those fans who, who, who maybe travel who wants to see this coronation and, and you know, it didn't didn't happen. You know, we, we we owe them to try and put it right and to ourselves as well because they they they'll want to have this big season, you know. And, and if they if they finish it with the Premier League and the League Cup, look, that's really good. You'd all take it, but it's not quite. This is one of the best teams of all time, it's, is it? They want the redemption, John. That's yeah. that, that's the, the the worry is that it gives you know we've got to be really really disciplined, I think, and not not allow almost <clears throat> that redemption to to begin to to feel as though it's there for them. And but we are going to be massively under, under the caution. You know, you're saying. I, you know, Stu's, Stu's saying has he got his break glass moments. I think his break glass moment to a certain extent is is make sure that my best players play as close to absolutely the tip top of their potential as possible. That's De Bruyne, that's Sane, that's Sterling, and that's Aguero. And I do think Aguero is a little bit of his break glass moment. You know, when we were we were watching it on a on a dodgy stream uh, yesterday, and uh, you know they, they did the highlights of when Aguero scored four against Newcastle. And my point about this is that they've got a lad up front who could who could bang a trick, yeah. and, and 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 that's what we've got to remember. They, they can play a lad up front who could just bang a trick, and then and then where are we? You know what I mean? Suddenly on his own, it can you know it can be Liverpool three, Sergio Aguero three, and there can still be twenty five minutes of football to play, and that's that that's what that's what scares the life out of me. 
yeah, no, and, and they can do that, and I think that's what, you know, we, we, we can't go in overconfidence, but I think, you know, we're in a really nice position, and, you know, you, you take our weekend over there, so when you're all day, in terms of, you know, in every part of it. Uh, very much so, it is there to be won. Um, you expect him to go the same side that he goes with in the first leg, with the exception of when Alden starts ahead of Henderson? Yeah, I think he has to. I think, that, you know, we're, we're all assuming that the Robertson will be back, and I think... So aside from that, I think he has to. I don't think he's got huge amounts of choices. There's the right back question now, but I think I think he'll go Kleiner. I'm sorry, I think we'll go Trent. I think you know we're, we're talking about about managers and, and how they are and stuff. I think he's. I think he'll want to reward Trent. I don't think you take that away from Trent now. I think yeah. I think Trent's mm-hmm. almost well. You you you're there till the final now, mate, because you've been a big part of of kind of where we've got to, and you know. That's, you know, I mean, I mean, Klein might change his mind with his form between now and the season if, if he gets games, especially in the league. But I think, I think both of them, Guardiola and, and, and Klopp, have are that sort of manager where the, you know, if I'm putting my faith in you and you're doing a good job for me, then I'm not gonna, you know, shaft you down the line. And I think, I think Trent's deserved this game at, at, at the Etihad, and I think, you know, he'll give it to them. So I think, yeah, it's 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 the team we're all expecting for me. Totally agree with one, one George, with what John said there, um, and yeah, I don't think there's really many options, if any, really, for the manager to do anything unless he was to do something a bit crazy or uh, if there were injuries, more injuries, unknown injuries, um, you know, came up. So I think I think the same the same back four as last week. I think the midfield is is it has to be Wijnaldum, Milner, and. Oxley Chamberlain and the front three, please God, is the front three. <laughs> Sorry, Philippa? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we have to remember here is it's not up to to us to find an answer, is it? It's up to it's up to Guardiola, it's up to Man City to find their way back into this tie, and you know we can react to what they do. You yeah, know, that's completely right. We haven't got to do anything clever. We haven't got to do anything clever. So why why change it? Why why move away from what they they trained to do? last week you know just just keep it all the same and you know we we know that we can hurt them um we just need to make sure if we get a chance we take our chance and happy days i think guardiola as well you know i've I've read his book his books the books written about him um you know there is a sense of he does like the opportunity to demonstrate his intelligence he does like the opportunities to you know to pull something out the bag to spring a tactical surprise um but i think there is a danger with guardiola and we've seen it at times where he'll trip himself up with it um i think he he can reach too far at times and um and do something that's overcomplicate things for his players and uh and and make a change when it's when actually he should just commit to what has been working so well for them i wonder if the surprise might actually be that he's not necessarily got a problem with it being nil nil at half time well i i wouldn't have a problem if i was them if it nil nil at half time as long as we we know there was one between 50 and 60 i i think the longer it's nil nil the more worried i get to be honest as a liverpool fan you know do you know what i mean in in terms of I'm not feeling safe as the minutes are going down because they can score three goals in ten minutes. There's, there's no, in my opinion, there's no problem with with with, with, uh, with assuming that they, that they could do that. They are that. They did it at Anfield. They did it at Anfield when we beat them fourteen. And they scored, it must scored have been. two. Scored two the last the last ten. Right. So, and if they do that, then you know what momentum's like in a, in a Champions League game like this. You know, if they score two goals in ten minutes and there's you know injury time. Then I'm. I'm I'm needing life support, <laughs> um, so I think um, I, I we need to get the goal. In my opinion, 
I'd like I'd like Liverpool score in the first half. That's what I'd like. So I think I think there's going to be a great deal of possession from them. I think they'll push, but I don't think they'll overly commit. I think they'll try and keep the ball. But if we can just nick a goal by hook or by crook in that first half, then I think it kills them. I think it absolutely kills them. Um, okay, prediction, uh, John. <laughs> I think we'll get people go through. Okay. So do you want me to say numbers or uh, if, if you want to say numbers? <laughs> I think we'll get be free one. Go through. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, when's that one scoring John just for my own peace of mind like, like later than you want it to be thanks John thanks mate <laughs> uh, I don't want John's Tuesday uh, Stu offer me a better Tuesday or offer me a Tuesday of your choice um, I'm actually going to go further than John because there's almost part of me that you go masochist- masochistically <laughs> might actually get off on this that 4-1 oh. yeah <laughs> 4-1 my word uh, Stu has gone 4-1 Manchester City Philippa I don't know what's up with you. Um, <laughs> oh, um, I think I think we'll draw. I really do. I think I think it might end up being two all or something like that. But I think I think uh, we'll have too much for them. I hope. Please, God. Um, I'm I'm sort of with Philip, and I think that I think that your most likely outcome is something like a two all or something like that, where <clears throat> when Liverpool make it two all, it does somewhat mean that Manchester City. Everyone just sort of goes, it's, it's 65 minutes, it's two all. We've got to get another four, and we haven't got it in our legs. I think that you might you might well see a little bit of that. Listen. It's the biggest game of our season. Uh, it is the biggest cup game Liverpool have been involved in, arguably since the Europa League final, and maybe even bigger than that. Liverpool this week on Tuesday go to Manchester City. We'll be covering it as, uh, through all of our channels, obviously through our subscription service. John's going to be doing a preview. When I'm doing the review of this, we're going to be obviously looking ahead to the Manchester City game as well. We'll have our post-match show directly afterwards, and then we'll be t- dis- dissecting it a couple of days even after that, or even one day after that. Um, so... Everything's a come there. Theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe for that. Uh, thank you very much to Philip, to Stu, and to John. As I open the show, we've partnered this year with Redsbet. Uh, their supporters, and it's tailor-made Redsbet for Liverpool fans. Uh, they're an online gaming platform which seeks to build um, long-lasting partnerships with supporters that enable them to share 50% of net profits generated from bets for fan causes and other initiatives that matter to supporters. They've got all sorts of specials on there. You know how this works by now. It's a fun and innovative take on sports betting, uh, but do also obviously gamble responsibly and enjoyably. BeGambleAware.org for that it's been your Anfield rap oh my word I don't want Stu Wright's Tuesday I'm a bag of nerves I'm a bag of nerves uh, let's we do just, go through with my one though as well you let's know? all just try and get our heads down and sleep and relax uh, and, and apologies throughout the show for my cold Sports Social Podcast Network